The Birth Circle podcast features experts in all the nuanced areas of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum with the aim of helping women make the choices that will keep them safe, healthy, and empowered. We respect all birth choices and believe in supporting informed consent and evidence-based practices. Nothing said on this podcast should be taken as medical advice. You should always seek the advice of a competent professional for your care. Welcome to the Birth Circle podcast. This is Sarah with Birth Circle, and today I'm so excited to have Katie Furster with me. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about professionalism in the birth industry. And the reason why this is so important to me and why it's, I think it's important to pregnant mamas everywhere is because um, if if we don't support our professionals, if we don't... Um, if we don't have a respect in, of our industry, then we don't attract quality um, service providers and that affects everyone. So really my personal experience in this is that with Birth Circle, um, we have discovered this terrible statistic that birth workers within about 18 months of being trained are no longer in practice. And yeah. a lot of it is just the unsustainability of charging so low because they're not respected as professionals. And um, anyway, just problems in the industry. So Katie is um, very well-known, very respected doula here in the Salt Lake area. And she brought her baby. And I wish you could see her. I wish we were doing a video <laughs> podcast because she is yummy. So oh, if you hear... <laughs> If you hear squeaks from the eight-month-old. <laughs> yeah, that's my... She's, she's just saying amen to everything we're saying. Yes, that's yes. That's what she's doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so what started you in the birth world? Um, well, long story short, I myself had a traumatic first birth. Um, I didn't realize how traumatic it was until later. But um, preparing for my second, I knew I had to do things differently. So I did a whole bunch of research that I should have done before my first um, learned a lot about myself and about birth in general and had a very empowering second birth. Um, these are both in Germany. This is a Sarah and I always bond over Germany because Sarah also has um, German speaking <laughs> background, but um, doulas aren't very prevalent there. I moved back to America and somehow birth crept into every conversation I had that my husband was always teasing me. I need to figure out how to make that into a career. <laughs> I moved back and um, someone just said, hey, you should be a doula. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> wow. Even though Berthy was everything you talked about, mm -hmm. you still hadn't I heard still of a doula. I still hadn't heard of a doula. Oh. Um, I had read a bunch of books, but I think they were more, they were very geared toward mothers. And for some reason I hadn't read them. I hadn't read anything about really what a doula was. Honestly, I don't think most of the books, like what mention, to expect when you're expecting, mm -hmm. mention doulas. Yeah. I think I read Hypnobirthing, but it was an older edition. I think the older edition doesn't mention doulas. Mm -hmm. And then I read one more, but it was about um, taking care of yourself during pregnancy. It was more like health directed. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, what is that? So I went and researched it. It was just like, uh-huh, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I took a doula training not too long after that, um, a local one with Laurel and Curtis, who's wonderful. And that began the path and the passion that I'm so excited has turned into a career for me now. And I am really passionate because I have seen, my sister took a birth doula training with me. It was, two, it was three years ago. And she um, quickly did a bunch of friends' births, but for almost no money mm -hmm. and uh, burned out really quickly just because some of them were very difficult to carry because it is a very heavy experience sometimes mm -hmm. carrying births that are not ideal or going to hospital births. Um, there is something called just, birth worker trauma, yeah. secondary trauma. Mm -hmm. It's I, I know I've suffered from it watching some of these things. It's You go home and you're just kind of shaken mm -hmm. and 
it affects how you, <laughs> yeah, it affects your life. Um, I definitely had one birth a year and a half ago that was very difficult for me as a doula. I had to call multiple other doulas to kind of process through it. And it taught me a lot about setting boundaries um, for myself. I will not work with that provider anymore. Um, mm -hmm. If anyone says they have him, I say, sorry, I won't, I won't work with him mm -hmm. because of past experience. I think that's important to set those boundaries that goes along with the professionalism that um, at the beginning, I think you feel like, because it is a slow start, most doula work, you kind of have to get your name out there and a lot of it becomes referrals and kind of mm -hmm. a rolling stone. You have to start and it's heavy at the beginning, um, that you kind of desperately want to take every, everything that you could. But, but, but here, here uh, sorry, soapbox ready. <laughs> Go for it. I just, you wouldn't expect a dentist right out of dental school to charge you a $15 filling while he gains experience. Right. Like, he is a trained dentist. Mm -hmm. These are trained doulas. Yes. Why would we expect, I just, I hate when I see, and actually <clears throat> the, the biggest Facebook group in Utah actually has banned free um, advertising, meaning that doula, brand new doulas can't mm -hmm. um, advertise for free. And so, so at least we don't see it too much as, as much here in Utah as before, yeah. but it just make, makes me cringe when I see people, I'd like to get a, a model call or a practice birth or, you know, mm -hmm. I'll do these for free so I can get experience. Yeah. I really, it's just kind of cringy because I think, oh, poor dear. Like for the doula side of it, I think, oh, you don't understand what you're getting yourself into. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. So just to kind of explain some of the things that m should at least be covered when you're having a doula, even if she's new, if she has children, there's childcare and that childcare has to be on call as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so the on-call life cheap. itself, yeah, which isn't cheap to have a babysitter. Think about having a babysitter where you can call them at any time, whether it's the middle of the night or they're eating dinner with their family or whatever. Or Christmas morning. Or Christmas morning. Yep. I had my, missed my son's birthday once. Um, I had to have my mom come take my children on my son's birthday. It wasn't fun. Yeah. Um, but it's part of the deal. And we made up for it. Kids don't. I felt bad about it. I think he didn't care because we made up for it. Because I don't think yeah, he cared. But yeah. for me, it was like a little bit of mom guilt going on. They have to kind mm -hmm. of overcome. But um, so there's the on-call child care that can go for, I've been to a birth that up to, I had a 30, 32 hour birth was my longest birth oh, I've ever my, attended. My longest birth is over 40 hours. Wow. And I paid more in child care than I did, that I made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's part of what you pay for is maybe you will have a smooth six, eight hour birth where half of it, your doula is not even there, but maybe it's going to be very long. And, um, she's going to be with you through that whole time. And some doulas, I myself, I reserve the right to have um, my backup come if I mm -hmm. really need them to. I've kind of learned that I reach a point where I'm no longer very good at my job. <laughs> where you no longer like the person where anymore. No <laughs> and hip squeezes aren't an option. Um, and if there's no place for me to go crash for, sometimes I can go crash for an hour and even, even just like an hour, 90 minute nap reset. can make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes you're in a hospital, especially right now with COVID, where they're very strict about a lot of things where it's just not possible. I'm also the kind of person where I can't just like sleep everywhere. I get jealous of those kind of people mm -hmm. where they can just like hit the pillow, like in this random chair and sleep for four hours. I can't do that. I once took a sleeping pill to go on a plane <laughs> to Germany. I took like a, cause I have a really hard time. I was like, I'm just going to take something this time. I was just young and stupid. And I couldn't sleep, but I was in this state where I can't even oh, explain to you, like, no, like my eyes were like, like half glazed over and like, but I could not fall asleep. So that's how bad I am at that. Oh, I can fall asleep anywhere. Can you? Oh. I, I, but it was a skill actually I worked on. 
yeah. as a as a college student. Cause mm-hmm. that's, anyway, we dress bad. Yes, we do. But <laughs> yes, no, I can. I can fall asleep pretty much anywhere. Yeah, but that's one. So that you have all these physical um, challenges that come with the birth. Some births you are very much doing physical labor. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, some of these doulas, they don't sit down for 12 hours straight mm-hmm. and they're squeezing and I'm tired as the filmmaker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every, every single contraction, the mom says, Katie, and I have to get over there and we, she knows what she needs to be pressed and yep. it can be very physically strenuous. So it's not, that's something you're also paying for is understanding that she may be really physically supporting you for hours and hours mm-hmm. on end. Um, on top of that, you have all of your business fees. You can go into that side a lot of it. You have your maintenance of your website. You have your maintenance of your business. Um, whatever you're paying um, for all those that those add up every year. If you have a professional membership somewhere, um, those also add up and have Taxes, to be configured. Yes. There's self-employment tax. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, fees. If you're certified or licensed, there's licensing. Mm-hmm. Continuing yeah. education. So I hope that We'll talk more about this, I'm yeah, sure, definitely. later. But uh, you want to have a doula who's passionate about her care. And I've been doing this for three years, and I still have a list um, that is way too long of trainings I would love to take because there's birth is so – there's such a wide range of things that can happen and such a wide range of things to understand. It's so complex hormonally, physically, mm-hmm. emotionally for the woman, psychologically. There's so many things you can do. There's so many situations you can become more educated about. It's not a one and done training for one weekend and then you're ready to be 100% no, done not. professional doula. I will say though that this field is very interesting birth work um, because people that come into it come in fully heart-based. Yes. It's, nobody comes in and says, mm, the money looks really good as a doula <laughs> or a midwife. Or they don't go in like, you know, a plumber or electrician or, or any other trade where they say, that looks like... Um, a good field, st- stable field, mm-hmm. solid pay. Yeah. It's a good way to support myself and my family. They go into doula work because they see that there needs to be a change. Yes. So they come in super passionate. Mm-hmm. And some people have um, a really hard time charging for their passions. Yes. It feels kind of icky. Mm-hmm. Sometimes for some reason that's kind of ingrained that if it's something you love, for some reason you should be giving it. It yeah. should be... But then why as a culture do we accept that? Why do we say, oh, it's your heart? I guess well, I'll let you do that for me for free. Mm-hmm. No, that's because that's where you're going to see the most burnout is because if you're in it so wholeheartedly and then you feel like you're not getting clients or you're not being compensated, it feels like it's a reflection of yourself because it is so deeply connected to who you are mm-hmm. and um, what you have to give as a person. So when you go to lots of interviews and you aren't hired, it feels like you're being rejected instead of just your skills being rejected, which I think is easier in some other fields just yeah. to say, okay, they don't like my app or they don't they didn't like-, like my bid. I mean, yeah. it's just down to money. Yeah, exactly. But this, but this is, yeah, very, very personal. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the reasons that um, I'm really excited that at least in Utah, there's been a large push. And even since I became a doula, the average range of what you pay has been actually raised quite a bit. I know. I remember when I first started a, a high doula was... Now, okay, these are Utah prices, so just yeah. take it, you know, Utah's if you're in California or New York, just completely ignore yeah. <laughs> what we're going to say. Um, but yeah, they started at, you know, 300 mm-hmm. 350 600 was an expensive doula. Yeah. And um, so in your, in your market, I know LA, a cheap doula is two grand. Yeah, right. <laughs> so just whatever your numbers are. Yeah. Um, and it's... I think the going rate has doubled and tripled, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the I see a lot of new doulas starting around 700s. 
and um, doulas who have extra skills like massage therapists that are also doulas can be up to 1500 which for Utah and for what Utahns are usually, Utahns are notoriously cheap. Um, it's a wonderful progress. And I think that is also increasing the quality of the doula because doulas feel like, okay, this is, this is something I can invest in. I'm not just like breaking even. It's not just mm-hmm. my hobby. This is my career. Yeah. Talk about the different specialties of doulas you're aware of. Oh, that's really fun. Um, so there, and Utah, we actually have a great spread. There's a lot of doulas that are getting more really fine on in on their, mm-hmm. who they serve, which I think is very important. Um, so I know the high end, you have a lot of massage therapists who are also now becoming doulas, which I think is awesome. I mean, does that not sound super appealing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to have Please someone massage me, your yes. entire labor. Like that's. Oh, the dream, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have also, I'm, I think we've been on your podcast before. We have uh, two VBAC doulas who are, have started their own podcast and their own group and they specify and they mostly, um, serve doula, um, VBAC parents and. It's a vaginal birth after cesarean. Yes. Thank because it's a, a totally different monster, mm-hmm. what they're up against with their care provider or their mindset or whatever there is. VBACs yes. are way, way different. So they have a whole training program. Mm-hmm. You can go be trained as a doula, but then you can go get this, uh, this mm-hmm. extra labor. Trained doula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because it's every woman, there's such a giant range of, of women's situations. It's, and they can be so changed by little things like a woman who's had one or two cesareans. She's going to go into a birth, trying to birth vaginally so different than a mom who's having her third baby at home and just is so confident in herself Mm -hmm. because she's done it before. Mm -hmm. Um, I know doulas who, um, are very into yoga. Um, and they've involved that very heavily like Stephanie Sorensen. Now she's also been on, um, the podcast as well. She has taken her yoga approach and, molded everything she does as a doula kind of around that mentality and she includes it a lot in her care and um I think that's really cool and she I know she some doulas try and do mostly home births just because that's where they feel mm-hmm. most competent some doulas do only hospital births because they don't feel as comfortable at home so when you're interviewing for a doula that's something to look for definitely there's lots of things to look for but to find someone who um is passionate about or has kind of your direction your specific situation um, to find someone who cares, that's something you can ask them, even if they're new, just like what, what continuing education are you planning on mm-hmm. or what, um, I actually know of a doula. She's been on the podcast as well. Um, that she specializes in diabetes, both gestational oh, yeah. and type one. I'm actually diabetes. taking her class on the eighth. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. August yeah. 8th. So she, I mean, that's a really neat yeah. uh, add on to have, mm-hmm. if you have diabetes to have your your doula be completely aware of that and be able to help you manage your sugars and labor. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's, I think that's really important. I love being able to refer people out to places where they'll, I know they'll get better care than for me. Like I, I'm very passionate and I've taken a lot of courses, but there's still moments where I see, okay, this is a very specific situation. Mm-hmm. And if you want me, I will be your doula and I will do my best and I'll do more research on it. But I, I think you should interview this, this other this doula other person, because yeah. I think that she's very specific to your situation mm-hmm. and she can really support you in ways that having not lived, it's a lot of times it's also their own lived experience. I've never had a VBAC. So while I can support VBAC clients, I've talked to VBAC people, I've read a couple books. I still don't have that personal connection, yeah. that, that passion that comes so deep set from having lived something yourself. Yeah. And this doesn't, I mean, you're a doula, but this, this conversation doesn't just apply to doulas. This is yeah. massage therapists and midwives mm-hmm. and all, all of the professions. I feel like, um, I get really frustrated with the, um, the culture around the birth industry because 
I think we've talked about this before in the podcast. Probably I can't stop talking about it. But um, <laughs> if to compare the birth industry to the wedding industry, and I don't want to yeah. turn births into weddings, yeah. but it does make me super irritated that you didn't even bat an eye at a $600, $1,200, $4,000 cake. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to a doula, something that can, somebody who can really make a difference in your birth outcome, yeah. then now we're counting pennies yeah. and nickel and diming. Mm-hmm. And um, the same goes for midwives, people say, well, I can't afford uh, the midwife I want because she's out of insurance or or a home birth, especially home birth, birth center births are not always covered by insurance. I, I can't afford that because it's not covered by my insurance. But really out of pocket midwifery mm-hmm. is not unobtainable, not unaffordable. You yeah. will probably spend less on your midwife than you did on your wedding dress and your cake. Yeah. Not combined, right? And a lot of people really don't, I think they don't do a ton of research about what they're actually going to be paying because a lot of times your deductible will end up being similar to what you would have paid for your midwife. Mm-hmm. So you'll end up paying a lot of people, like 5000 is a fairly normal deductible, for example. There are lots of midwives you can get for for less than that mm-hmm. to have your full homework with care from the beginning of your pregnancy and into your postpartum. Including birth kits and mm-hmm. yeah. And, and But then professionalism, I hear a lot of midwives come right out of midwifery college and mm-hmm. they have a hard time getting their practice started because people have this mindset that it's got to be cheaper than yeah. a deductible or cheaper than what they think it should be. Mm-hmm. This is what do you expect? I know, well, if you're on call, yeah. and actually we talked about this last night, the recording, that a doctor doing C-sections can schedule six, seven, eight births in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally can't handle more than one in a 48-hour period. Right. Um, so you think like these midwives that are going, to, I more than two a week is recipe for burnout. Yeah. Three, maybe if you have backups, but yeah. you think like what, so she can only charge you know, a third of what the hospital charges or a 10th of what the hospital charges. Yeah. And yet she can only do a 10th of their caseload. Mm-hmm. So you think, yeah. Yeah. They get charged with their worth as well. Cause that, that burnout is very different for them. That's more self-driven. They aren't connected as, as often to insurance. Some are. I actually know um, in Utah, we have, um, we're actually in a very morphing situation uh-huh. right now, which is really exciting. It's really exciting. Really exciting. All the other states, watch Utah because we rock. Not in every aspect, but in the birth industry, mm-hmm. we rock. <laughs> we sure do. Um, even just in the last year, there have been a lot of midwives who've been able to get insurance mm-hmm. covering them, which was not an option before. So I know- Isn't um, there a midwife um, that takes Medicaid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so amazing. Cool. She's um, in a bit of a legal fight to make it um, stick, but um, she has a lot on her side. So I'm pretty sure, sh- and she's been taking it for a year now. So I assume that that's going well. I haven't talked to her in a little bit. Um, yeah, we have, um, speaking of lots of births, the one Adrian in Salt Lake City, she takes multiple kinds of insurance and has a birth center and does home. And I know that sh- they were so busy because of COVID because a lot of people mm-hmm. decided they didn't want to go to the hospital to have their babies. Um, I believe her and her team had 24 births in, in a 30-day period. And she's the solo midwife? Um, she has three wow. um, under her and they do transfer back and forth. But I believe oh she's goodness. taking a month off um, coming up this fall to kind Good of take plan. a breather, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and that's another thing that's... Um, 
once you become like, it's a lot of work and it's hard and kind of scary to really charge your worth, to kind of get back to that idea, to, to say, to put a price on your services and mm-hmm. to put yourself in comparison to other doulas, um, to say, oh, but this doula is so good. I can't charge as much as her or blah, blah, blah. But to really say, okay, here's my costs. Like I've done my looking mm-hmm. through what I charge. Maybe you can charge a little less if you're not, um, if you're not a mom yet and you don't have a childcare issue, then say, hey, I can afford to charge less. It has nothing to do with my worth. It has to do with my costs. Mm-hmm. Um, to really put yourself at a good place, um, and as you continue to train, to be willing to raise those prices and say, "Sorry, people, this is it's time. I've gotten better. I'm, and this is more." Um, but you reach that place where you can also just um, be more free and comfortable to like invest more in yourself and to invest in all those things. Because if you're scrapping at pennies and barely covering your costs, then it's hard and scary to say, well, I'm going to invest in this thousand dollar training or in this and that. Um, and you can also learn to say, okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a month off. Um, I feel like for me, the universe kind of decides for me. I'll have every now and then I'm almost always booked, but every now and then I'll have a month just not not have mm-hmm. anybody interview or not have anything happen. And at first it was so frustrating. Like, ugh, why aren't, like, am I losing momentum? What's going I felt on? that way too. And then I was like, oh, I remember what it's like to not live on call. <laughs> like when a mom's due every time, every time I wake up in the, in, in the morning and I haven't been called during the night, I frantically mm-hmm. grab my phone to make sure I didn't yeah. miss anything. And yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's a completely different lifestyle. Yeah. The, I don't, the psychological load of being on call is yeah. so underestimated. I feel like there was this one time I was on call for two moms and I was, went to bed. I'd plugged my phone in. I thought I'd plugged my phone in and I woke You're up. You're giving me Yeah. Tra- oh, I'm are sorry. You- I have PTSD. <laughs> you should have had a trigger warning before this I'm story. sorry. Trigger warning for birth workers. I woke up <laughs> um, to breastfeed my baby. It was about seven hours later. I look at my phone and it had died because I hadn't plugged it in all the way. And I cannot explain the amount of, like, I, I started sweating. I I pretty much had this little mini, I don't want to call it a panic attack, really but just like this crazy moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. No, you're fine. <laughs> but just to explain to moms what an intense oh, it burden is. it is yeah. to be on call, to feel you can't leave this radius Mm-mm. of this mother. So I do a 90-minute radius of, of her place. Oh, mine's even shorter. Here's a shorter? I, don't, I won't go an hour. You won't go an hour. I usually you. get called later into the birth, too. I get called mm-hmm. into the labor. I get called. That's true. Plus, I don't like to carry my cameras around, so I have to go back and go. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's just the thinking about it. I have to think about having – I have to have my doula bag in the car I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll drive in different cars from my husband just in case I have to go from a family function or mm-hmm. something. There's all of this thought process yep. and this, it's just very, it's a lot. It is. It is a lot. It is. And there's, um, there's making sure that the, uh, the partner and the kids are taken care of while you're gone. So usually I splurge for eating out. That's, you know, mm-hmm. 30, $50 yeah. for the family to eat out and yeah, no. I, and I feel like when you start as a birth worker, you come in, like I said, full heart based. Yeah. You, your passion, um, fuels your energy for a, a little while. Yeah. But unless you're able to sustain that and that's being paid what you're worth and being mm-hmm. able to cover your costs, yeah, there's just nothing there for you. Yeah. It's the understanding of that. I like to say called a mutual exchange of energy. So you understand what kind of heart energy a woman is putting into her doula work and how hard she's working at it. And she can only give you so much as she's also receiving. So if she's, that comes from lots of different places, but monetary is a large part of it. If she feels like, yes, I'm being appreciated 
fiscally for my work. This mm-hmm. woman has, I've, I love when there's a client who doesn't even bat an eye at what I charge, even though I know maybe it's not the easiest for her to see her. Yes, this is what I saved toward. This is what I want. And to come in her home and see that she's sacrificed for this. Yeah. I was important enough to her for her yeah. to make this and not even bat an eye or ask me a question. This is what you're worth. And I want you there. And I understand what you're worth and I'll pay you for it. That motivates me to be a better doula mm-hmm. for her. I am much better at, at reaching out. I'm much better at being thorough and, and thoughtful. And I don't have this back of my head thought like, oh, she didn't like, oh. I know as a client, I would not be able to live with myself knowing that my doula was tired and didn't want to say anything, but she really resented being there. Yeah, exactly. You know, I want her to go home, like I do um, with many of my births, and go home and say, hey, babe, I, like, we've got this covered. I've got, you know, this is what I was compensated. And, mm-hmm. and the high-fiving, like, yes, you know, you can do this. Because yeah. there's, like, like you said, there's always that outside um, energy ex- expense that you don't see at the actual birth, like yeah. the trainings and the on-call life and the sacrifices that the extended family makes. I mean, mm-hmm. I have watched my nieces and nephews countless times so that my sister-in-law could go to births so that some woman I will never meet mm-hmm. will have an empowered birth. So yeah. there's this ripple effect. Yeah. And it's, that's what we need. Um, truly Sarah talks about this a lot. And then birth matters and the way you feel at your birth matters. And studies have shown clearly that a doula and a provider, like a midwife that cares for you or an LMT for your body, that all of these things will improve your experience. It'll make for a more positive experience. And that's something that you can't go back and change. It's not Mm -hmm. something that you can buy really. Um, It's not worth it. Honestly, I would rather have my baby wear just swaddles for the first month of their life and not have all of the fancy mm-hmm. items that people seem to have in your face. Like you have to have this, you have oh, to have this or instead item. Instead of having a big old wedding, just put a baby fund. Just kidding. Right. No, <laughs> that's a um, strange, I actually know some people who do. It's. I think that's becoming the thing that women are realizing. I would actually much rather have like, that's fun to have that big day. Um, and if they can afford it, then please go for it. Don't feel like we're trying to guilt you on no, your, no. your beautiful, wonderful wedding. Please have a beautiful, wonderful wedding. Um, but to also have that vision of your birth, I feel like I talked to my my daughter about my birth. She's just three, but talking about how wonderful the day was when she was born. And I feel like when children are talked to like that, that it'll start becoming that dream. I want mm-hmm. to have a beautiful birth. I want to meet my baby, my my next true love um, in a way that's doesn't leave me feeling kind of broken for a while. I love or, that way that you're meeting your next true love. Yeah. And you want that to be beautiful and yeah. honored. Because it's yeah. the way it is, the way it is. It's the true love that it's a different love, but it's very much, very much deep and strong. And the feelings you can have can be very similar to, to at a wedding with um, meeting like deciding to commit to your partner for the rest of your mm-hmm. life because you don't really have a, you are committing to someone for the rest of your life when you get pregnant and have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so cherishing that, that threshold, that, that moment the same way. Yeah. yeah. And, and back to the paying professionals, what they're worth at yes. birth circle, we found this alarming trend that, that people were going out of, mm-hmm. out of business, out of industry so yeah. quickly. And we say, well, there's so many problems with hospitals. There's so many problems in the industry with insurance and OBs and every, you know, and we blame the system that's broken. Yeah. And yet, um, if you have turnover in your 
uh, resistance. Yeah. <laughs> every 18 months, you don't have a very strong resistance. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like um, we can't bully hospitals and doctors. We can't pick at Capitol Hill and expect great big sweeping changes. Yeah. Um, because again, our turnover is so fast in the independent birth industry. What what threat do do uh, empowered birth workers really have on the establishment, right? Mm -hmm. But if we can raise the level of, of respect in the industry and these professionals are in are here longer, mm -hmm. that's when we really are able to help yeah. uh, families in labor. And that's when we start affecting change in the hospitals and the establishment. Yeah. I had someone say to me the other day, or I read somewhere that in America, you almost vote more with your money than you do with your actual vote. Oh, hundred percent. So because we are, we are capitalists and a lot of what we do is fiscally driven. That's part of our society. So when you choose where you choose to invest your money can have big changes in the world. Mm -hmm. So choosing to invest in things like birth is investing in your start in motherhood. It's investing in, um, cause for me, I can personally truly speak strongly for the fact that an empowered birth is a springboard into motherhood that leaves you feeling differently than a traumatic one. With my first, I did not have a hard baby, but I still had a really hard adjustment. The first, first months, first year of his life, just kind of getting into the motherhood at all and feeling kind of like something was like, I wasn't quite good at it because I had this awful birth. Like what was wrong with my body? I couldn't really figure it out. And mm -hmm. after my empowered birth, I've had this confidence in myself, this, this strength, this glow. My husband even commented on how, what a big difference it was for me. And mother's that's motherhood is a part of your life until you die because these mm -hmm. children are your children, no matter how old they are. And if you can have that strength and that confidence in yourself, that can make a huge difference in what kind of light you can bring yeah. forward into the world, you, what you pay forward into your children. And your bond. I just say like a, a, a you, you fix birth and you heal generations. Like, yeah. You, yeah, you repeat trauma and you also perpetuate empowerment. <laughs> yeah. It can go either way. Absolutely. I know for me, I had a hard time bonding after my tra traumatic birth, which has affected parenthood, motherhood, everything, my my relationship with my husband. Absolutely. And the, the night and day difference with the last birth where everything went, you know. I mean, nothing ever goes perfectly like what you expect, but... I was completely supported. Yeah. I was supported and I felt like I knew what was going on. I felt like I understood how to help myself, um, which is part of why childbirth education is so important. Simply understanding how to help yourself to have your baby and, um, yeah, that support learning to, I feel like another problem in our society is the, the need we have to feel so independent, like independence is somehow some badge of honor. Um, but new mothers need help and they need support. Mm -hmm. And so investing in a doula is another way you're saying, I I know I'm strong and wonderful, but I, I also deserve to have people support me and help me along the way. Mm -hmm. So this is a great kind of segue into um, how do you do interviews, both as a mom, as if you're interviewing mm -hmm. professionals, doulas, massage therapists, midwives, anybody who's going to help you during your birth journey. Yeah. Um, how do you interview? And then as professionals, how do you um, put your clients at ease? How do you help your clients know that you are who you are? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a great um, question. Uh, you know, I do. So I do offer a course for doulas that helps them to understand 
how to put their best foot forward at consults. This is something I'm very passionate about because I feel like that's something I've heard over and over again that doulas get so afraid of, not afraid, but they're just like, how do I even take this passion I have and help this woman see that I can help her? How can I connect? Can you imagine an electrician treating it the same way? I... Can, can I install a light for you? I'd really like for you to have a light. I'm good at it. I'm good at it. I, mean, <laughs> I have this training. Yeah. I, it's, it's also a very intimidating thing to have to sit in front of someone and feel like you'd have to talk them into paying a good chunk of money for you to attend a very vulnerable experience for them. Like it just kind of feels like an odd situation until you realize that it's actually a place where you can bond with someone. Mm-hmm. So every interview I go into, whether, and I tell mothers the same thing, you should be coming in and really the thing comes down to, of course, her training is important or professionality. These are all things you should know, but it comes down to, is she going to be someone who I feel comfortable and safe with in that extremely vulnerable place? Because birth, you're going to be naked. You're going to be um, making noises and acting in ways that feel a little bit out of control. It's something mm-hmm. that you don't really have very often, perhaps outside of the bedroom um, in your life. It's just this once in a lifetime experience where you're going to feel emotionally and physically very vulnerable. So having her be someone where you know, okay, like she makes me feel comfortable and safe and like I can trust and rely on her. Mm-hmm. Like she's someone I feel like I can turn to for guidance and she will have my best interest at heart without agenda because that's what a doula truly is. She's someone who just loves and supports you and does not have an agenda to anything else. That's a very important um, aspect of being a doula is that she's your person. She's not um, have tied to the hospital policy. She's not tied to your insurance. She's not tied to any other just you. factor, just mm-hmm. you and your happiness and what you want. So um, as a mother, I would say it's great to have questions and go in um, ready to ask a few things, but really take a moment and look at like, how did she make me feel? Did she make me feel like, was there kind of an awkwardness or... Did I feel like she had, um, not an agenda. Some doulas do have a bit of an agenda sometimes in that they feel very strongly about some topics and that can get a little bit in the way of non-judgmental care. Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding that every woman is where she's at and she's the one with the intuition to make the decision for her family. So feeling like, does she respect me in my position as the birthing person, as, um, the decision maker? Mm-hmm. Um, will she support me no matter what I decide? Even if I suddenly say I want a cesarean. And I feel really strongly like I need a cesarean. That's mm-hmm. the right choice for me and my family. Can she say, well, let's talk a little bit about pros and cons, but I'm, you know, I'm on board with whatever you want. Yeah. Um, so that's, um, and for doulas just to go in and take a deep breath, um, take a deep breath before you go in and just, instead of having this mentality of, I need to be hired or I need to show her how awesome I am and just have the mentality of, I want to get to know this woman. She's someone who's going to have a baby and that's why I'm here. And to kind of, just build connection, focus more on that connection building than you do on maybe saying all the things like this is all the trainings I've taken or mm-hmm. I, I rarely mention anything trainings I've taken because usually they've looked at my website beforehand and have seen the things I've taken. But if they ask about it, I can say, well, I can, I'm happy to give you my website if you want to go look over. Cause that's not what I'm there for at the interview to list off my credentials. credentials. <laughs> Here's all the fancy things I've done. Mm-hmm. I'm there to see if we are a good fit. Yeah. And also to realize that you're not going to be a good fit, that that's okay. It is so all right to say, "Mm, don't think she's for me. Some of the hardest births I've done have been because there was a bit of a disconnect between us. Mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't quite get her and she didn't quite get me. (laughs) 
It just just kind of you know, his personality, right? And when it's such an intimate position as a doula, you you need to make sure that there's a there's mm-hmm. a good fit. It makes your job harder. Yeah, it, it makes does. your job a lot harder if you feel like there's this kind of we don't quite get each other. Mm-hmm. I can't. I have a hard time communicating things to her in a way that validates her or in a way that she understands. Or she has this, for me, it was my very first VBAC. I, I worked really hard to try and get her, but she was very much in the VBAC space of, of doubting herself and struggling with the pull and the push of, of all the research that's so hard to dig through and understand. Right. And I felt like I didn't quite have that, that true empathy that comes with understanding. And, mm-hmm. and her personality was just different than mine in a way that we had a bit of a connection. That was one of my difficult, more difficult births just because it felt so like I was really grinding, really having to work to understand her, to figure out what she wanted, what she needed from me. Whereas with women where I'm just like, yes, you and I, this yep. is exactly right. Um, I Everything I say, you love, everything you say, I understand where you're coming from. I really feel it. Those births for me, even though they may be strenuous in other ways, they have an ease to them because it's a great fit. So not stretching and reaching, like like talk about in business in general, not feeling like you have to push and pull and work so hard to make everything work. No, find what works for you and and run after it. Really just get, find that and just chase it. And as a midwife or as a doula, you don't have to be pressured to take every client. Yes. Take the clients that fit Mm -hmm. best with you. Yes. And as a client, don't feel pressure to take the first doula Mm -hmm. you can afford or the first doula website you see. And if if the conversation is a little awkward, don't don't say, oh, the whole doula industry is awkward. Yeah. (laughs) Please, there's so much, there's so many differences between doulas. Because when when you find the right fit, um, and as a filmmaker, I... I have less worry about a, a complete fit, but there I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And there are some videos I'm like, that's just not going to be a very fluid video because I just couldn't get in her groove. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't ma- mesh myself with her energy. Yeah. And um, and then the clients that it's that it's we become fast friends afterwards, and mm-hmm. that's also cool because you go through this experience. And um, your partner's there, but they experience it for themselves because it's their birth too. And there's no other real, you know, your OB, your midwife, they're out of the picture quite quickly. Yeah. The doula is almost the only other person in the room that can give you, that can that you can process your birth with. That's mm-hmm. kind of a third party. Your mom might be their mother-in-law, but they also have their own filters. It was their grandbaby being born, you yeah. know? So like, I just love the friendships that have happened. Yes. In these. So yes, you, yes, you pay for the services, but at the same time, Man, if you want to talk about your birth three weeks after it happened, if you really need to process something, mm-hmm. like you can call me and I'll be right there with you. Exactly. I'll show you on the camera what really happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I love that. I think that some of, I've created some very intimate friendships where they've been the people where it was just truly just a wonderful fit. And those births are the ones that instead of burning out, even if they're hard, even if they're long, when you have that connection with the woman, they're the things they motivate you and they give you this this wind under your wings to keep going. Whereas the ones that are really like you're grinding for it and it's hard and, and you're not sure if you connected or whatever, then that, that doesn't give you the same boost, yeah. the same energy that like it fires your passion. So your passion can either be a little dimmed because it's hard and yeah. things don't go well, or your passion can just have fuel thrown right into it and just grow. And so that would be my advice is to, to really just find, find what you're good at and run after it. Mm-hmm. Find, women who really connect with you because those are also going to be the inner, the reviews you want. 
those are going to be the reviews on your website that you post, the testimonials Mm -hmm. you post in big letters because they are going to rant and just swoon. Yes, swoon. More positive positive ranting. (laughs) Because I do positive rants. Positive rants are a thing. But they're just going to write these wonderful things about you because that's how it was. And those are the testimonials that you can use then in order to find the people who write for you. And I tell you, when everything's in balance, this is the most fulfilling work. I mean, I'll take the on-call. I'll take the weird sleep schedules. I'll take Mm. it when I get to um, have these relationships with the the parents and, and see them see their family grow and yeah. oh, just support them in that. There's this, I, um, there's this feeling walking away from a birth or during a birth that you can, that you get. And it's not like nothing else I've ever felt. Mm-mm, birth high. The birth high. Exactly. And it's just something wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's worth, it's worth the hard parts. It's worth the work. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. it's definitely something that like Sarah said, that, that can be so rewarding Mm-hmm. But also carries, like we said, they, was it 18 months is the average life of a, mm-hmm. that's of a, what, that's a doula what we're figuring is on birth circle? Average career. Yeah. yeah. And that's just enough to get your training, realize you have burnout, and find something else. And that's yep. just heartbreaking. That is heartbreaking. Yeah. Because that's what we need is. Yeah. And, and the other thing, too, I want to touch right before we close is that um, a lot of people think, oh, there's just so much competition because there's a doula, you know, there's so many doulas out there. Mm-hmm. And what we see at Birth Circle is doulas that specialize actually do better. The diabetic doula or the yoga doula or mm-hmm. the people that really know how they can best serve yeah. are more likely to be um, easily hired because the clients can see what the benefits are, the emotional benefits to hiring them. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, what you said is find find your niche and... Yeah. So you you do train um, doulas in the whole process, helping them elevate their business. Yes. Um, do you do that nationally or just locally? Locally right now, but I'm working on maybe with Sarah together. We're going to be working on putting say, that online. So you're now on an international <laughs> podcast <Yes>. too. <laughs> Step number one. So how do people um, reach you? Um, my website is www.freyabirth.com. Freya, like the Norse goddess, F-R-E-Y-A. And um, that's my doula website. You can also find me on Instagram at Freya Birth. Um, if you have questions about anything we've talked about, mm-hmm. I would love to chat about it. I love having conversations. It's something I've very, become very passionate about is that I've met wonderful doulas along the way. And I'm very passionate in helping them to figure out how to be the best doula. A lot of doulas will come to my consult training feeling like it's the worst part of doula work. They hate it. And mm-hmm. it's just so hard and so dumb. And then walk away and tell me, tell me months later that they've been hired by almost every consult they've had yep. and that it's no longer I know, your, your closing ratio is killer. My, it is, it's very nice. Well, but part of it is because you have um, created your website and your presence so that the people that are calling you yes. are pretty much ready to hire you anyway. Mm-hmm. It happens very often that they'll say something about They'll, they'll talk in language where I know I'm pretty much already hired and it's a formality, which is a wonderful place to be. And as you work on your branding and your business, yep. that's something that's very real, that you can have sold yourself before you even sit down. The with best them. is when they ask you, okay, I'm going to conceive this month. Are you available in mm-hmm. 10 months? Like they want to get on your calendar before yeah. anyone else. <laughs> yeah. I totally had a woman reach out to me. Oh, sweetheart. I had a woman reach out to me um, who's doing IVF in September. And said, I'll be calling you in October if this works. So and just keep me I, we already, penciled We already in. consulted pretty much. She said, yep. keep, me in, keep me penciled in for next summer. And it's very exciting to get to that place where things are just rolling. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely, it's a heart-based passion work. And it takes a lot of 
a lot of buildup, but there are places you can go. There are women. It's worth investing in your side of business, finding mentors and people who've lived it before. Um, Sarah also has here in Utah, a wonderful um, group that does a business incubator, which I think is just yeah. magnificent. It was born from birth circles research and yeah. finding that. Yeah. So awesome. Well, thank you so much. We didn't even get to, into a uh, work-life balance. Oh, um, you know, you have your baby here. Maybe I'll but have to come back. I know. Talking about how to run a birth... <laughs> How to live on call with little boobas. Yeah. But when she's that cute, you just you just yep. do whatever it takes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so we definitely talk about that. That's wonderful. And I think yeah. that's every, that's so personalized. That's yeah. a great topic. It is. Great balance. Yeah. Great, great ways to find that balance. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank awesome. you so thank much you. for having me, Sarah. I love, I love being you. here. Please visit us at birthcircle.com. Join our Facebook groups or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience. 